Welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host, Devin Robinson, at Yesman Outfitter. Straight off the island that Emo built, you got our boy, live from the hive, Mikey CLT. Mikey, how are you doing, baby? What is up? Dude, we had a, a, a big weekend. Mr. Tailgate over here. I, I, you got sleepy eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got sleepy mind, man. I'm yeah. I'm shot. Everything leading up to it and then just getting through it and then still got yeah, ta- a game tailgating tomorrow. Tailgating is exhausting. And, and you do when it you're like in charge of it, few, when you're the yeah. assholes that just show up. It's yeah, awesome. like setting up the tent and setting up all the music and setting up like the tables and all like that's just so much work. And the fact that you do it like a few times a week just blows my mind. But hopefully uh, you Islander fans are appreciative of Devin and all the hard work he does because, you know, he, he's making it a real experience for you guys. So give him a hug next time you see him because he's a sleepy man. He's, yeah. he's doing a lot right now. Yeah, I'm shot. So, I mean, it was really everything leading up to it, too, was kind of crazy. Like, getting orders out um, for that day was just so important for me because this game is so important to people and maybe the only game they could afford to go to or um, wanted to go to or whatever. And and if I, you know, had an order in through them and uh, I was trying to get it out and I had all the um, pajama pants out i mean i got every single order that had pajama pants in it out except for one that was ordered at 9 30 at night the day before the game nothing i could do about that um but yeah i it was a success from top to bottom um i mean the tuesday we didn't tailgate the tuesday game but we still went to it they kind of got um just smothered by calgary it kind of sucked um couldn't really do anything there um and then the thursday game that the entire hockey world is talking about it um it was easily the greatest professional sporting event that i've ever been to yeah Uh, i i was i was watching from afar and i was like super jealous um you know I, i went to those playoff rounds in like the early 2000s and I thought like the building could never get louder than that. But watching on Thursday, I was like, that building is the loudest I've ever heard it. And all those chants that you guys just came up with on the fly were just so good. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was not it was so funny because just everything the last three, I mean, three months, really, if you've been a part of the Isles Twitterverse, like just being told what to do, what to say, how to act, how you shouldn't act, this, that, the other thing. It was so, so gratifying that it was just chance, just funny chance. Um, and and we I got lucky that they, that the team showed up because it could have went totally <sighs> the wrong South. way. Oh if, yeah, if the team I don't didn't think... show up. Like, oh yeah, I, I would be scared to see what people would have done. <laughs> Well, you know what, like, and you know, I'm I'm coming from a complete unbiased, as I always do, right down the middle of the road thing. There is zero reason why we should be getting this ridiculous mark of hate put on this fan base. For we, these people, we've been kicked around for so long, and I said, "Woe is me!" And you're crying about everything and this and that. 
But it's true. I mean, there there's just been embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment. And, you know, even people like Sleeper holding us into submission about how he had every right to to go. We know that. We're not stupid. We have lost plenty of free. We've lost free agency literally every year since 1985. Like, I know how I know how it works, you know, like and. You're just trying to troll us, and for most of you know, most people don't understand the sarcasm. I do, and I'm sick of it. And you're not gonna hear or see a single thing about how after the um after the game back in um back in well, it used to be called Champions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how back there there was an entire half of the bar filled with Toronto Maple Leaf fans that were sitting right next to Islander fans. And I don't think there was a single problem. There was only one problem. The kid was way overserved, had no affiliation with anybody there, followed my group of friends in, got in a, in a Maple Leafs fans like face for no reason other than he was just really drunk. And literally the Islander fans threw this kid out of the bar. But you're not going to hear about that. You're just going to hear about the snake thrown on the, the ice during warm-ups. Like, give me a break. It's absolutely ridiculous. You're listening to the rantings and, and takes of people that were not even in the same fucking state. Some of, most of them weren't even in the same country. And Dude, you- from, from the TSN coverage of the game, no joke, they had a picture from the Coliseum from like 2006. Absolutely, utterly ridiculous. And, you know, we can go back and forth about who's trolling who, but to sit there and act like you're some high and mighty person because you, because, you know, you acquired, you know, a free agent, like, and we're not allowed to be mad. Why are we not allowed to be mad about it? Why is nobody allowed to be mad at anything anymore? It's ridiculous. This isn't Dude, golf. Toronto, Toronto this is does fucking way hockey. worse stuff. They do way worse stuff to their own players. Like, the the fact that, that they're trying to attack us is just comical. And I'm ready for it to be over, to be honest. I, I don't really even care what they think of us. And that's the beautiful thing about being an Islander fan is the unity between the fan base. And it really is more of a family than being out there alone. So, like, if if they're attacking us, I don't really p- feel personally attacked because... I know the people that were there and I know the people that were running these big events and tailgates and groups and whatnot. And they're good people. And I know that for a fact. So I don't really care what national media thinks of our fan base. Yeah. Three. And I told you, and I'll tell everybody here. And I was a very, basically a center point of the entire tailgating section. Okay. I'm, I literally a hundred feet from the front door and had a, the event basically go viral, right? I had about 150 people at my t- tent alone standing at one point. So more than 200 people moved in and out throughout the entirety of the day. I watched the entire night unfold. Three quarters plus of the parking lot was nothing but there to have fun, to hang out to enjoy the end. It was a bit of an Irish wake feel where it was finally this day has come. Finally, we can get past it. 
and and just drink and enjoy and we're in first place how exciting a moment an event that you could finally be a part of something like this we never thought this would mean so much more than it did everybody was hyped people were cool there were people with maple leaves a couple people maple leaves jerseys walking around all they did was get booed nobody took a fucking fist to the face but however much they begged for it to happen didn't happen but where do you think all the cameras were, Mike? They're at in the one quarter of the parking lot with three assholes with a Tavares jersey. And what do you think the cameraman was screaming into the was screaming at him? Oh, throw shit at it, light it on fire, have people drive over it. So am I gonna call fake news? No, it happened. But am I gonna sit here and 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 allow all of the people that I that I helped you know enjoy that night and 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 live uh have have national media and toronto media call them savages because they're mad that somebody left their team no absolutely not i won't stand for that i'm a man of great integrity and honor and i love my customers and my friends so we're not going to sit here and allow that to happen so i'm taking a stand on this podcast and you can come talk to me about it but just remember i was there and you weren't. So if I saw a fight or if I saw something going down, I would say, yeah, man, it was charged and it was ridiculous. It wasn't. That's not how it was. No matter how badly you want to forget that you lost again, six to one again. And you're just going to keep sweeping it under the mat and hope nobody realizes that you guys can't fucking beat us. You can go ahead and do that. But I'm, I'm here to say nobody was over the top. Yeah, it, it, from from the outside looking in, like, you know, I was down in North Carolina and I was watching on TV like most people who weren't there. I thought it was a beautiful job by the fan base. And you have every right to boo them, to boo John Tavares. And, you know, he looked shaken up at the post-game interview. He looked shaken to the core. Oh, he was shook. Inter- yeah, he was shook. So I'm know, amazed he mi- was shook. Mission accomplished. So... Let's move on. We got a bigger week ahead of us than what we had, you know, on Thursday and on Sunday. Like, we have two really huge games against Ottawa that I think we have to go and win both of them. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, Especially sure. after Ottawa dumps, like, half their team in free agency. Like, did you see that photo that someone photoshopped? Oh, my God, I was going to bring that up, yeah. Of, like, the Ottawa team from, like, their Eastern Conference final team from just, like, two years ago. Yeah. There's, like, literally no one left on the team. It's fucking amazing. They're, They're all, every, like, all on different teams. It's crazy. Game away, game away from making the Stanley Cup finals to sellers in two years. Yeah. Less than a year. It's insane. I mean, I really feel for the people of Ottawa that place is, is, is a dumpster fire. But then again, I really don't because apparently, you know, it, if you're a bad team, you're supposed to stay a bad team forever and not be mad when your team starts to make moves. So I'm on a war path that people, you know, defending the Islanders. They deserve it. Their fans deserve it. I'm not an Islander fan, but I just think that they deserve a little bit more respect. Yeah. You know, and they, the national media is just so quick to attack like the fan bases from these teams that they love to bash and like Carolina, for example. And then when, when 
the fans come together and do something that unites them, they want to attack us. So I'm over them. I'm well, you over know what? That. It's the Canadian. It's the Canadian teams and markets wanting it to be a Canadian only sport. So any any team that they see that isn't having is having attendance problems or whatever, they go right to like the so they're having attendance problems. They shouldn't have a team like they're having attendance problems because the team is bad. There's nothing else to do in Canada. So what? So they're always gonna have. Good yeah, attendance. Like, like look, give me look a at fucking New York. Break. There's so much going on in New York that people could use their hard-earned money on. They and... just, yeah, they just want a team in fucking Quebec. That's where they they just want the Nordiques back. That's all they want, and that's why they're gonna keep fucking picking on teams like Carolina and Arizona and Long Island and all these fucking smaller market American teams because they just want a team in Canada. Mm. You know, I don't it that's basically in my eyes, that's what it comes down to. That's why they keep they love point like if Don Cherry tells points out one more team's attendance woes, I'm gonna fucking hang him by his stupid suit to the back of my fucking Jeep and drive him to my fucking tailgates. Like Well, little, Brent Brendan Burke, uh, you you might not have saw this because you were at the game, but Brendan Burke made fun of him, like like kinda took a jab at him, kinda on the hush hush though. Yeah, he should. Cause uh you know, Brendan Burke was like, yeah, all 17,000. Oh, wait, no, 13,900 where all the seats were filled. And like, because Don Cherry was like, yeah, you know, 17,000 for when JT, JT's back. But then, you know, the next night, 13,000. And it's like, no, dummy. That's how much is left in the Coliseum now. Yeah, you're an idiot. Whatever. I'm I'm just um I sound triggered. It's been a really long two weeks and I just need to get past it. Obviously the game on Sunday was really, really tough because that was one that you really wanted to get back on track with and it didn't happen. Um so but I think we have to be optimistic, Islander fans. If the playoffs started tonight, we would be playing Carolina first round. I feel like that's a better matchup than playing one of the wild card teams. Is it though? I mean, I mean for us, yeah, we play them, play them well. well. We play them well. Grace <laughs> loves playing against the Hurricanes, and then you know you you'll get your support from Isles Meetup CLT down here, that's and true. and uh, I, I I think we play well against them, even though they're on like a, a little bit of a tear right now. I like that matchup better than like Columbus or Pittsburgh. It's true. It's true. Uh, for sure. So, um, moving right along. Cause I can't, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm not even going to touch on Avery because I'll, I'll just, no, I'll just, no, I, it's I'll not punch, worth it. I'll punch my yeah, computer it's not screen. Worth it. It's not uh, worth it. Yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to get you onto the, uh, onto our interview. So, um, Mikey's been killing it with the booking. He's got his backdoor deals. He's wheeling and dealing. He's greasing the doorman. And uh, Mikey, tell him who we got. We got Matt Fozzi, who uh, is, you know, a, a real veteran in this music scene. He's been a member of Taking Back Sunday. He's been in his own projects, Happy Body, Slow Brain, Rare Futures. Um, he's toured with, you know, numerous acts. He has also played with Envy on the Coast recently. Um, he's just really killing it right now. And, you know, Rare Futures, 
kind of took over for happy body slow brain and you know i'm digging it you're digging it um i think that the future's bright for mr fozzy and it was super cool to have him talk on and talk a, a west coast team that i think pretty much everyone in the east roots for them during the the, the playoffs so you know matt fozzy diehard uh, san jose sharks fan have him on the on the pod absolutely we got it going so all right uh without further ado Maddie boy here you go Matt Fozzie. Matt. Yo, yo, yo. There he is. (laughs) What's What's good, brother? Chilling, dudes. Um, Kicking back, maxing and relaxing with my uh, Ace Ventura menagerie of animals over here. My (laughs) penguin, my uh, several cockatiels, and a wiener dog. You have a penguin? (laughs) No, nah, I just wish. I have three cats and a dog, so oh, uh, but I call okay. it my menagerie. I like the move. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Matt. So just uh, currently, you're uh, you're working on your own project, which is called uh, Rare Futures. Um, I looked at the logo. It looks like the Islanders Four Stripes logo. So instantly, I loved it. Um, <laughs> but the stuff is is really really cool. Very. Um, I mean, how would you, how would you describe it? Um, I mean, at the at the core of it, it's just rock music with a little maybe sprinkle of some R and B flavor. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of eclectic, but I'm I'm uh, I think that's the way I'd break it down the simplest. Just a little left of center rock. That's it, with some keyboards and shit. <laughs> yeah. So so people that are fans of like Happy Body Slow Brain they're going to still dig rare futures. Is it a total left field or, you know, how would you describe that transition? Actually, it's the same world. It, it, it's supposed to be essentially the same band. Like I, I kind of just, I changed the name and I, that's the hard part that um, since I changed the name is like conveying to people that it is just supposed to be the same band and treated the same way. So um, we still play some of the happy body songs. I intend to bring more of them back over time. Um, but it's kind of just like a metamorphosis kind of thing, less uh, less than like a completely new project. Same spirit, um, just a little bit of an update. That's it, you know. Okay. Yeah, I must say though that that uh, Dreams of Water record that you put out uh, on vinyl, it was the coolest yeah. 
was the coolest vinyl record I owned until I had to sell all my records. <laughs> Dude, that's that's high praise. I appreciate that. Thank you. Man, that like the whole package in like everything was just so well done for that release. Thank you. I appreciate that, brother. We we tried to do something really unique with it and um it took a long time to cook up that idea, but that makes me very happy <laughs> to hear. Yeah, and I think I sold it for like 80 bucks, so there's Whoa. definitely a, Yeah, dude, I think there's still a high demand for that record. <laughs> wow, might have to do a second cool, pressing. Man. Yeah, we might have to. I'm glad it it, uh, it got you a little something. I hope it took the edge off of um paying some bills or <laughs> That's well, exactly. I, yeah, I've, I've talked about this on like our first episode. I was dumb when I first started teaching down here and I didn't realize that I was getting uh, like I was on like the 10 month salary payment instead of the 12 month salary payment. And I went to go close on my house and no more paychecks were coming in. So I was like, uh, this is not going to work. So I had like yeah, I had like between two thousand and three thousand records that I just had to unload, and that that covered it. So it was just going well, back dude. and forth to the post office every single day was just a hassle, though. <laughs> oh man, was there uh, was there like a, the highest ranking, highest selling one that got you the most? Rank? Um, it it was some of my like collections. So like I had like a dance Gavin da- uh, dance Gavin dance box set that sold for a good amount. I also had the original like Envy on the Coast records. They sold for a good amount. Um, I, yeah, I sold a few that were like in the one to two hundred dollar range, which was pretty sweet. That's pretty dope, man. I mean, it must have been painful though to give it up, just all that good stuff. Yeah, it was, but you know, I I've actually started to buy CDs again, and I know, I know Devin makes fun of me for that, but. It's the same kind of feeling going back and rebuying some of the old CDs that you had from, you know, in high school. It was It's kind of the same thing, and it's a little cheaper. Where are you even going at this point, man? On eBay or something? Uh, and I'm just going on, like, some of the, like, record labels. They're, they still have their, their back collection, and I'm just picking up their the CDs right there. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Keep it alive. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and uh, I've always been alive. like, always been down to support artists, so um, I'm all for it. Even though we're, we've moved into the age of streaming, I'm I'm gonna still do something on my You're end. You're a dying breed, my friend. Thank you. That spirit is very appreciated on our end. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm one of those guys that likes to listen to an album from start to finish because I think that there's a different kind of feel to that. Yeah, dude, you know, I wonder about how people view the full length versus the EP at this point, you know, if they have the attention span for it. Um, but that I personally am I'm on your team. I, I prefer a full length, a whole listening experience. Um, but I understand that in, in these times, it's hard to, to sort of carve out, carve out uh, the attention span for it. So I don't know, man. I'm always curious to find out where people sort of stand on that. Amen. But, yeah. you know... I just wanted like, to give you some praise for that one. I, I appreciate want, it, man. I just want to butt in real quick too, because I'm not. I don't want to sound like I'm like anti nostalgia, but I I would argue that I I listen to more discographies of bands that I never would have gotten into had the internet streaming music phenomenon not kind of hit. 
Oh, so that's been like um, a reaction to it. You, it's it's uh, inspires you to go and dig a little deeper into some bands' catalogs, huh? Oh yeah. So I I print T-shirts for a living, and and I have like ver- like there'll be days where I'll just be printing the same thing. So. I'll go into a band and, and do an entire discography. You know what I mean? Like bands that have like five or six albums. I'll just listen to every single album the entire day. And I probably would not have had that opportunity if I was married to the CD, like Mr. Hipster with the beard across. The <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome though, man. I dig that. And like uh, getting the whole um, trajectory of a band's history all in one swoop like that. That's gotta be kind of interesting. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I just did it with, um, I just did it with the Wonder Years on uh, last week, like Tuesday, the whole day from um, the upsides all the way to uh, what they just put out, and like it was crazy because I remember it coming out, like the upsides coming out when I was in high school, and then hearing the the cha- you know, just the change in their sound and their story in each discography so yeah, yeah i probably wouldn't be doing that if i was relying on cds so it's a that's cool thing cool, to do. man I, yeah. I dig that perspective that's cool yeah so just talking about the history of bands let's talk about the history of matt fozzy so um where are you from man like what uh what's your what's your background story where did you start um where did you start playing music just uh what goes on with you um, the real brief version is I, I was born and raised in San Jose, California. Um, single mom. She was from Hawaii. So I have uh, Hawaiian heritage in my family. So that is a big part of my identity. And, uh, and I was kind of lucky to grow up in an outlier situation in San Jose where my uncle, who, um, who had relocated from Rochester, he started managing a hockey rink there for, and he managed it for like 35 years. So I was lucky enough to actually grow up in a hockey rink and discover hockey really young. So like, um, the, that became a passion almost equal to music to me, uh, for me growing up. Um, so like that is essentially like where a lot of my, um, sort of, my, my roots for hockey and music go so deep because I have musicians in my family and um, just like having some hockey players in the family too, it kind of, both bugs got me pretty young. So that's, uh, I was lucky to discover a couple things that really, um, I was really passionate about. And then by the time I got into being about like, I don't know, maybe like 12 years old, I was starting bands with some hockey friends of mine and a couple kids I was going to school with too. Um, because, you know, going to warp tour, learning about bands like Green Day and shit, like it was easy to sit there and try to figure out their songs in my bedroom. Um, and so like, like it's kind of all these little baby steps, you know, like starting bands young and getting into that whole thing and, um, warp tour kind of en- ended up introducing me into a whole world, the punk rock world. And that made it feel a lot more accessible and, uh. It felt like it wasn't um, so far out of reach. You know what I mean? You're not looking at rock stars anymore. You're looking at guys that seem a lot more down to earth and normal. So, um, so that's kind of where it, a lot of my music roots sort of start. You know, mixed with like I grew up in a Beatles family, so Beatles are kind of like deeply ingrained in the blood. Um, 
they're Dude, kind did of you see that that um oh I, I totally messed that up i thought you were talking about the beach boys <laughs> coming from california but you're talking <laughs> about the beatles and that's totally a different band but I, he was on I, a roll I just, too i know he was on a roll i just was like man did you see that sweet like brian williams movie about uh like how he was kind of coaxed into being schizophrenic when he really wasn't no are you talking about it's a documentary well, it's not a documentary. It's a it's a movie with John Cusack, but it kind of like documents his mental illness and how he was like brainwashed into taking all these pills and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, like I, I'm the Beach Boys story is something that really interests me that I would like to dig deep deeper into because of how I mean how talented Brian Wilson is, but also just um, I know there are a lot of like drugs and and other things mixed into that which sort of caused him to go into this um zombie like state (laughs) um so yeah yeah i haven't seen it though brother uh i i totally messed that one up but (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah so anyway man it was i was just lucky enough to grow up um in san jose at the right time like in a hockey rink like uh and san jose getting a team at the right time too uh, you know me being in born in the mid 80s it was just sort of perfect timing so that's like where um my love for the sharks sort of begins too like just lucky to be in a in a city that got a really dope franchise with a really dope team name and color and all that stuff and <laughs> stage you know it's like everybody's favorite Western team is the Sharks, man. Like, ain't nobody care about the Kings. Well, I guess the Gretzky era, but ain't nobody cares about the Kings. And like, I just the the that logo with the with the colors and like the area. It's always like everybody's always like love love the Sharks. Yeah, man. That, I mean, you can't deny it. it's just a badass name. The tank. <laughs> yeah, and they actually. It's funny. You know, so there's a team uh, in New York uh, called the Islanders. They're in the Metropolitan Division, and we we have a brief uh, history knowledge of history on them. It has nothing. You know, we're not. We may we possibly be fans, but this isn't an Islander podcast. But just to tie in the Islanders, uh, they um, when you guys got started, our their team was so terrible that they wanted to rebrand and copy everything you guys were doing. So they worked in. That was the start of the fisherman era, dude. And that is like one of my favorite Islanders logos. The the fisherman, the um, the lighthouse logo. It's so cool. Yeah. So it's so funny because it it was like obviously just destroyed here when um you know when they rolled it out. <laughs> but it was it was basically a product of um the sharks and the ducks coming out. And your guys' logos being so dope and your colors being so different, they were trying to get the like the West Coast '90s flair on the island, and they changed the logo to be more cartoonish, and they added teal and sea foam or whatever sea foam. Yeah, colorblind. yeah, yeah. It was all based off of that, and it's fu- it's really funny to see how like people from the West Coast would have definitely have loved that, and people from the East Coast were like, "This is disgusting." <laughs> So Dude, it's that, that's so fascinating, man, that connection. Because yeah. yeah, as a kid, I loved that. I loved that update. I added I loved those extra added little um color accents too and, and that like the the um the lines on the bottom of the jersey were kind of like waves too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what they really, were. I thought it was a really classy, clever uh 
a clever jersey that still, when I look back on it, I think it, it would be really rad even now. For sure. I have a few, but that doesn't mean that I'm a fan. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the Islanders world is that sort of blasphemy to, to be a fan of, of that look. If you're 45 and older, yeah. <laughs> if you have any sense of design style or you're younger than the age of 45, then you're, uh, you're cool. Everyone thinks it's cool, but the older people hate it. It's kind of ridiculous. So, uh, parlaying our love for hockey and starting that conversation, what, uh, what are you thinking, man? How are you doing this year? What do you feel about it? Oh, man. I, um, I'm just buzzing about the Sharks because I think it's the best team that we've had on paper um, ever. And uh, so it, that's really exciting, man. It's, it's just exciting that um, – the Sharks could maybe pull off something um, for Joe Thornton, if nothing else, you know, because the dude deserves to cap his Hall of Fame career with a Stanley Cup. Um, but there, in the, as far as Team Teal goes, there's a lot to be excited about. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I feel like that's every year, though. I feel like you guys always are like the kings of the regular season. You think that this year you have enough firepower and your goalie situation strong enough that – you guys can can pull it off. Yeah, I could, so I think the the one thing that's been missing is just like that um, that that D depth um, and that fourth line depth. Um, just like uh, when the Sharks got to the final, what two seasons ago, they were just beat by a little bit more speed from from Pittsburgh, and because Pittsburgh had three really strong scoring lines, that kind of um, did the Sharks in. So I think like we were. I think in the in the past we've had teams that everyone could sort of acknowledge is really good, but was still missing that one or two extra those one or two extra pieces um, that kind of just push it over the top, you know. And I think that it comes in the form of uh, Eric Carlson having him is a big game changer on the D end, and uh, and then um, obviously getting some guys like Kane who have some edge to the way they play, but can also score. Uh, that's good. And I think that that is also kind of that same spirit has been brought to some of the depth players deeper on the third and fourth lines. They can still, they can still score, but they play with a little bit of grit too. And that's kind of what's, um, I think been a missing element for the Sharks in a lot of years that it looks almost like we're there, you know? Yeah, and then when you bring in a name like Carlson in the free agency, and then also you make a, a you know, I'd say a pretty deep uh, move on the trade deadline, bringing in uh, Gustav uh, Nyquist, like yeah, yeah, y- you know, and you got him for pretty cheap, you know, a second and a third round pick, but you know he he's put up some pretty good numbers with Detroit. Y- you got to feel like the team expects like cup or bust at this point, right? Yeah, it seems like they're going for broke. I, I there was some talk about them maybe picking up Ryan Miller as a potential backup too, which would have been really exciting. Um, but yeah, like it's it seems like they're all in. And fucking Doug Wilson, man, he he's a magician. He somehow gets blood from a stone. You know what I mean? The guy is really good at getting a lot for a little. So. Um, I mean, and I think he's he's like one of the biggest reasons why the Sharks are competitive year after year. They're lucky to have him making decisions. Yeah, like Tavares was, you know, considering San Jose too over the summer. So like, no, he, yeah, he, uh, he, he flew so. out there. 
That he used he used the uh, I think that he used San Jose as a bargaining chip. And that's actually very very funny because that was going to be my next topic. So, obviously, uh you guys had the uh All-Star game there this year. Um for, well, first and foremost, how how was that weekend? Uh, did you get to, or you know, did you get to be around any of that? Or no, I I didn't. I had a lot of friends that got to go, and um, my uncle who works for the Sharks said there's some really cool stuff going on. I I was actually lucky enough to go uh, back in 1997, I think, when it was there the last time when Owen Nolan got the um, the hat trick with the point, you know, the oh, Babe Ruth yeah. point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but like yeah Devin was like two years old at that point so (laughs) i remember that i remember that you know what we're gonna age shame on here then i'm just you know i edit everything pal you know that so be careful (laughs) you're clipped yeah could clip you out um yeah so unfortunately i i wasn't able to, to be there but thank thank to uh, the beauty of social media, I got to live vicariously through a lot of uh, close friends and stuff. And I think the presentation looked pretty awesome. I, I loved that. Uh, I loved the jersey designs. I thought that was really rad. Very simple, but um, that they were made from upcycled material. I thought that was kind of a cool kind of Bay Area forward thinking thing to do. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of it? Did you guys dig the whole? Did you watch it even? Yeah, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, I loved real. when when the Sharks fans booed JT. Yeah, but that was nice <laughs> yeah. We, we're getting, getting a lot, all angles. <laughs> yeah, well, we were we were getting a lot of heat this past weekend for you know the way the Islanders fans were booing JT, and then they had like a pity party back in Toronto for him, oh, which man. was kind yeah. of embarrassing. So yeah. funny. Yeah, so yeah. So be careful, cause we'll uh scramble your your head so, your brain so bad that they'll have to create a fake uh holiday for you just to make you feel better <laughs> don't me- you don't mess with islander fans but uh yeah just from like the perspective of of, of somebody from from long island um i thought the all-star game presentation was awesome uh, um uh, the jerseys didn't blow me out of the water, no pun intended to begin with. But then, you know, um, kind of seeing the uh, seeing like how they were made and stuff, I definitely w- am with you on that. That was like a very Bay Area forward thinking um, project. Um, I like how they took the pictures of all the sh- all the um, jerseys underwater, but like that was uh, yeah, that was cool, man. I yeah, I, I wondered how they did that. It's definitely some guy just going like. <gasps> <laughs> and then they're, and they're like all right one you know what i mean like 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 all right those are the those are the white ones now i gotta do the black ones like motherfucker <laughs> that's actually um, the uh the desktop picture right now on my computer is the sharks one that's the the white one in the ocean from those parley pictures oh yeah I love are, it, man yeah those are dope and your guys' thirds i think they, i think they were this year they they released the black thirds yeah, the stealth ones. Yeah, yeah, those are dope. And you know what? There's one. There's a couple of details that not a lot of people can pick up if you're not really like a big, you know, like if you're not looking at a Sharks jersey a lot often, which being from the East Coast, we aren't. But the the Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, the little uh, microchip. Microchip kind of, shit, right? Yeah, in the, um, in the armbands. Like it's a little arm. Uh, yeah, microchip kind of design or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so dope. It's yeah, so 
It's such a I cool, agree. different area, and especially like means a lot. Um, I don't want to say a lot more, but it, it's very different since the inception of the team, like just with Silicon Valley and, and, and all the stuff that's been put into that area and how the team has kind of adopted that. Um, and the organization's kind of adopted that theme. It's like very cool to see them integrate it in specific ways. And, and, you know, you wouldn't think it's a very rowdy, uh, fan base, but, I mean, the tank is the tank. Like that, you—that's all you hear from professional, from the pros and other teams. Is like that's. They a, were just talking about that on spit, spitting chicken tough today. Place to play. Oh, were they? Oh yeah, yeah, Brent Burns was on there, right? Um, two episodes ago, I think uh, that like yeah. recently, yeah. But they were saying how hard it is to play at the tank, and like, I would not put San Jose as a very hostile place. So that's pretty cool to hear that you guys really show up for it. Yeah, it's kind of a, a little bit of um, a gem in the in the NHL. A lot of people still sort of uh, write it off as like being somewhat of a small market, but the people there are very excited about the hockey. Um, and I mean, really, like like you kind of said earlier, most of that goes back to Wayne Gretzky and the LA Kings. I mean, I he was my favorite hockey player growing up, and him coming to the Kings um, definitely was a big inspiration to the Bay Area and stuff. And um, so it's it's really cool that the NHL players actually say that about San Jose because it's we've sort of known it quietly in our little neck of the woods, but because being the West Coast teams playing so late, we don't get talked about a lot. So it's cool. It's yeah. cool that reputation gets around. Yeah, well, you definitely have been talked about a lot more, especially with the Carlson acquisition, and you guys have been killing it. I mean, you're top of the food chain. Pun intended. <laughs> but um, but yeah. you're, still, you're still chasing the flames. And I feel like at this point, you got to catch them because otherwise you're playing the Golden Knights in the first round. And I, yeah. feel like, I feel like you definitely would rather play one of those wild card teams than the Knights. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like it, I mean, every team is pretty damn good these days, but I agree that going up against Vegas in the first round might be a little tough. Like it, if, if there is a way to uh, – I mean, I think the Sharks actually, with the win last night, climbed within like maybe two or three points. I'd have to look at the standings. But, um, but yeah, like it's – I think uh, it would be in their best interest to save that round for maybe second or third – so that it can kind of ramp up to it, you know? Yeah, because yeah, I'm not I'm not really scared of, like, Dallas, Minnesota, or Arizona. Like, I know Arizona's kind of on a little bit of a tear right now, but, you know, Dallas and Minnesota have been firing people. They're, Dallas's GM's coming out and calling out his best players. Like, you know, things aren't so great on some of those teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they picking up Zuccarello in Dallas was a good move. I, I kind of thought the Sharks would have benefited from a guy like him, a lot of heart and soul there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're kind of right that those teams, the fringe teams, they can be streaky. They have the potential, but um, I think it would be easier on the Sharks to go through one of them in the first round and get some confidence and then and then battle one of the bigger boys. Yeah, it's crazy to think that we're calling the Golden Knights one of the bigger boys, like, year two, but kind uh, of, dude. it's kind of a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I fucking hated them for going through the Sharks and getting all the way to the final, but there, there was a part of me that was kind of rooting for them to win because of what a story that would have been if they completed it, 
But, um, I mean, they've only gotten stronger, man. They've made some really good trades in the offseason and also just picking up uh, uh, Stone, too, at the deadline. They, they look really good, man. And Flurry is just sometimes unstoppable. Um, yeah. And just one of it's the most crazy to think that watch. Pittsburgh just let him go. Like Pittsburgh was just like, yeah, you Dude. can have him in the expansion draft. <laughs> like, it's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wild. I mean, I guess at the time, like, he kind of dipped a little bit, right? His, uh, he was, he had a couple bad playoff runs where he was just super soft and um, that kind of I dropped him out of favor, I guess. But man, he's, he's been crushing it. They definitely gave up a big, big time player. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, for sure. Let's transition here. How does a, a San Jose kid end up joining a Long Island band and taking back Sunday? Like, how did you pull that <laughs> off? I'm just so curious about that story. Like how you moved literally across the country to join up with this Long Island band. Dude, I, I, uh, I might have to credit the Vans Warped Tour as being the great, um, like, link in the chain you know what i mean because um i had done warp tour with previous bands but in 2004 i had started a band in january of that year that was called facing new york and we ended up on warp tour that summer and it was just like lucky timing uh because that that year in uh 2004 warp tour had like taking back sunday coheed um my chem fallout boy under oath, all these Jesus. bands that were just on the cusp of going arena big. Um, so it like uh, we got on enough shows on Warp Tour that year where I had seen Eddie uh, in Bozeman, Montana, at a hockey rink. Actually, um, he was cooling down. He's the only guy in the hockey rink cooling down while the rest of the Warp Tour is happening out in the parking lot. And uh, I went up and played my CD for him, and he he said he. He uh, he loved it, and we just happened to be playing on the shitty little side stage next to Taking Back Sunday that same day. And as we were setting up, Adam gave us a little shout out from the stage. So within like two hours of meeting Eddie, he had told Adam about the band enough for them to, um, you know, make this really nice gesture just to give us a shout, a no name band. And so uh, that, like, that was just the very start of my relationship with Eddie, and he liked the band enough where we kind of became buddies, and he kind of became a sort sort of like surrogate older brother type for me. Uh, and then flash forward from '04 to '06, they ended up taking us out right before Louder Now came out. We were the opener on a little warm up tour, and um, just kind of solidified the friendship some more, and then. Another year later, Fred was quitting the band and Eddie just texted me out of the blue and he's like, hey man, we're looking for people to audition if you're interested. Um, so it was just like really these like incremental steps over a few years of just like meeting Eddie at the right time and him taking to the band and throwing a, like a nobody an opportunity. So really, I mean, I owe Warp Tour for... <laughs> for linking us up, but Eddie is really the reason that I ha even had a chance, you know? So you get that text and you just move across the country? No, it was, I was working at a math institute just as like a grunt doing like um, data entry and shit. What? So like I got the text and it was like, I thought I'd be going out the next week to go audition for the band. 
but it ended up being like two months. So I had two months to just sit there and stew in my brain about what it could have been, what kind of opportunity this might turn into, and also to, to learn a bunch of the music. So by, so like, let's say I got, I think I got the text in like November of 2007 and I was auditioning in January of 2008. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So like, uh, and and I was lucky. I, I think I was the first person to audition before they went through another maybe like 30 people. Uh, and then I came back for a second time and that's what kind of sealed the deal. So it kind of like, it took a little bit of, of uh, back and forth and um, them trying a bunch of other people to, you know, like to varying shades. And for whatever reason, I don't know why I got lucky and they, uh, they, had me around for a while <laughs> that's all awesome. there's not really big hockey fans in that band right no no it was just me uh, and i was dude I, in the when i was in the band i was just desperately trying to be like let's play the nhl all-star game let's do anything associated with that just so that i could be like um rubbing elbows with my fucking favorite players you know <laughs> but <laughs> but since they're not hockey fans they just were like oh whatever you know yeah shut yeah. up new guy <laughs> sit in the corner yeah, shut yeah. Up. so uh so if so now we're saying you're now you're in taking back sunday from 2008 to 2010 yeah it's about like i think april of 2010 so it was real quick two and a half years or so okay so just lining that up did you play bamboozle yes you mean, uh, well, we recorded Bamboozle 2009. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So how much poop did you have in your pants specifically when your lead singer was hanging by his legs on the top of, uh, <laughs> the stage? Cause I know mine was filled to the brim would be, <laughs> you know, he did it a lot. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't surprising. It's the first time I know that he had done it, but that was the first time I'd seen him do it. Like there like i don't know i don't i do it was just that i knew that he did it but seeing him actually do it in front of me was like jesus christ mother of mary it's scary dude for sure it takes some guts to get up that high but yeah. he had uh like when when i first joined or i guess like a few months after i joined we did uh reading and leeds in the uk these huge festivals over there and he was doing the same thing there so by the time um by the time some of these other festivals back in the States came along, I was sort of desensitized to it in a way, you know? Right. It yeah, was no, you're crazy. just like, it's, something, it's part of the show. <laughs> yeah, but he knew how to lock them legs up there. <laughs> oh, my God. I, it would always scared the shit out of me. Always scared yeah. the shit out of me. But, um, yeah, so we, we you, you touched briefly on Warp Tour, and um, this weekend, I mean, I just – so many text messages because I was under the impression Warp Tour was done. Um, I guess they're they were they're just doing regional weekend um, festivals uh, yeah. over the summer, not so much a tour like they used to. But the the lineup for this, I mean, my God, did uh, do you, did you see who's playing? Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you? Uh, are you? Are you in any of these shows? I didn't see. I, well, I only looked at the New Jersey show, so I didn't. I can't. I can't recall. But were, are you in? Are you in any of these, or what? What's going on here? 
No, no, just um, I just happened to check out the lineup the other day when it came out, and it, it blew my mind, man. Not only because it's there's just a lot of bands to see, a lot of really great bands, but some of which were the ones that kind of uh, locked me in when I was a kid, you know, like no effects and stuff yeah. that I saw at Warped Tour a bunch of times that I still love a whole bunch. So, I mean, the lineup stoked me out. I mean, if... Uh, yeah, I kind of I I kind of assumed as much that Warp Tour wasn't dead dead. So it's interesting to see now that they're they're kind of bamboozling it where they're doing a west and an east coast kind of version. Well, right. what, I I actually went to the last Warp Tour down here in Charlotte and I'm not counting that as you going there. You you were in the same place, but you sure certainly What why? Don't lie <laughs> to him. I, I went so it was at an amphitheater at, here down in Charlotte. Yeah. And I literally sat in a seat the whole day, <laughs> like just like an old man would. But I loved uh. it. It's like there was like ceiling fans overhead. It was like a, a scorching oh hot day. God. And then like, you are downpouring. literally embarrassing us every single episode. <laughs> Dude, I, was, I enjoyed it really, really a lot that day. But all, all the bands kept hinting like, oh, this is the last national tour. They kept saying that. And I was like, what does that mean? Like. Why do they keep saying the last national tour? Not, why not just like the end of Warp Tour? And then, you know, Q, like a few weeks ago or this week, they announced that they're still going to be doing it semi, semi Warp Tours, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. I can't see it dying. It, it's it's not it's not going anywhere in my eyes. I mean, they're if they were able to to secure this lineup going forward, I mean, it there it still provides some some nostalgia. I mean, I remember my cousin telling me the the first Warp tour he had went to. He saw Incubus, Blink One Eighty Two, Sublime, like in the parking lot of the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, know? dude. I think that was 99. I think I, yeah, I, I saw Blink. Yeah, it might have been 99. Warped Tour 98 or 99. But yeah. yeah, some of those old lineups, man, like 311 was part of it. Yeah. Uh, Eminem, uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Eminem and, was on Warped Tour? Yeah, I think Eminem did like 1999 too. That's Dude, the so first was time K I've ever heard Katie Perry was on Warped Tour. Well, that's because she was dating, what's his name? Travi McCoy. Well, she had like a she was like a, a Christian artist or something before she sort of changed her whole vibe. Is that right? Yeah, her dad's a pastor so. or some shit. Yeah, but I remember her like getting added to it and everybody making a big deal. I'm like, this is pop music, whatever. But no, I, I mean, they had a propensity to play any good music that any kid would like. So hearing Eminem being on that, that's something I never knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was 1999, and I think like Lip Bizkit might have been on that same year too. Oh, yeah, for sure. My cousin always <laughs> tells me this story like uh, they had to because we're we're all volunteer firefighters at home. So they had to park one of the extra ambulances there all day. And my cousin actually got a, a ride home with in the ambulance with all of his friends at the end of the day. They had so many there because they <laughs> knocked out in mosh pits and stuff like that. Dude, some the commitment level of some of those kids, man, just like the grime, the grime factor. The possible loss of chiclets. Oh, big time. The uh, the the bo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my god. If that's honestly like bamboozle and warp tour, if someone's like sum it up in one, it'd just be like stank. 
Stank. Yeah, that's the word right there. Yeah. Well, stank back in the day, like stank, stank peeps. Yeah, Warp man. Tour used to be at Randall's Island, and that was like just like a dirt fest, like because it was like on a grass field, and after all like the moshing that would go on, you could barely see the stage up front because it was just a cloud of dirt and dust. So happy that they switched to the Coliseum, I guess. I actually went to the Warp Tour, uh, the the one in 2004 in New York. That was a Randall's Island one, so. Um... I definitely have very distinct memories of how how that whole thing was laid out under the bridge and all that stuff. Yeah. It was pretty cool, man. Yeah, for for sure. So, um my fit so I own a um a clothing line um that's based around Long Island hockey. Um it's called Yesman Outfitters and and um that's basically how Mikey and I met. Um so I'm I like to talk about merch um, every time we have somebody on from the music scene, um, being that that's basically really what drew me in um, as a young kid to listening yeah. to the music and stuff like that. I was never really able to play um, instruments well, but I drew and uh, designed T-shirts. So um, <clears throat> actually the – nope, lost my train of thought. So we're going to keep it moving. But um, so – I we we talk about um we talked about hockey and music merch uh, on the last episode. Um, did you guys ever have did you, did you ever have any say in the in the, um, the TBS merch? I mean, obviously, um, uh, real uh, obviously you this is your project that you're currently in right now. So you you, you know you guys have great merch. But uh, the thank you. Taking back Sunday, yeah, no problem. I I looked through it before I almost bought something, but um. <laughs> The um, the TBS merch. Did you guys ever? Did you ever try and push them to do a hockey shirt, even though they weren't big hockey fans? Um, no. You know, I was kind of one step removed from that. I only remember seeing an occasional shirt design here or there, but more like in the context of this is what we think is going to be the palette for this tour. Not so much like what do you think? I wasn't able really to um to throw in any random ideas. Right. As far as the merch went, and there was a very like at the time, um, there was a very specific sort of aesthetic that they were going for, which was not really my thing. But um, I don't know if you remember at that time, like shirts were really loud and big designs that went from top to bottom, all kinds of colors and. Oh yeah, um, that was terrible. Just like, like all the neon colors and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Um, but that was the they were kind of trying to stay sort of uh, with the trends, you know what I mean? So there wasn't, I didn't find myself in a, uh, in a position where I could recommend something like that for the merch as much as I would have loved to. Um, right. Any yeah, plans it, for a rare future is to get any shark sharks merch? Dude. Yeah. I would love to figure out how to do a cool hybrid of some sort. I mean, I've done like a very mild little tip of the hat where uh, I did, um, a very simple teal version of our logo. That's um, what I can say. Teal works with your with your aesthetic very well. Yeah, and blue's my color anyway, so I'm trying to lean into that as much as I can whenever yeah, I sure. can. For sure. Um, yeah, man. But uh, it's I'm trying to find like uh, my own angle on it. Um, like uh, my my homies and giants at large from Long Island. I thought they they did a really dope job of of. Uh, of lifting the Islanders logo and, and, and using it as like a kick drum logo. 
So I would love to figure out how to sort of mash up the rare futures thing with maybe the sharks like shoulder fin logo or something. Yeah, um, for sure. I can help you with that. <laughs> all right, let's make it happen. Let's do it. <laughs> that's yeah. all. That's all. This podcast is just a front for me getting to design BAM merch. That's all this is. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, let's do it. Let's make some sharks hybrid stuff. That'd be oh, awesome. hell yeah. Game, game over. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, oh, I so- wanted to ask you, though, like back on the topic of the, the third jerseys, if you guys, what you guys thought of some of the newer um alternates that the islanders have adopted in the last few years for like some of their um outdoor games and stuff they specifically like i i really like the black the black and white jersey they did with just that little touch of orange on the on the stick yeah in one i know a lot of people kind of hate on that one it seems but i was just kind of curious to see how you guys felt about those yeah so just i'm gonna jump in and then i'm gonna let mikey finish it but um when, and I kind of touched on it when we spoke about the fishermen earlier. Um, this fan base w- is going at some point to need to have to be dragged by their feet, kicking and screaming into like the new era where they have to realize that like the logo that we have is so archaic. Um, and the jerseys, um, the black and white jersey was cool. Um, I don't think it's ever really going to be appreciated by this fan base like it should because of what it represented. Um, even though it was a really, really cool look, um, it just it was trying to get people to go to a place they didn't want to go. So it doesn't really represent something that they love. Like, yeah. uh, But we talked about aesthetics before. Like, yeah, aesthetically, it was pretty clean. It was pretty dope. Um, and, you know, I think – the thirds that they rolled out, which were based on the um, winter class, uh, winter classic, Mike stadium series, uh, stadium series. Yeah. They did the stadium series with the Rangers like uh, three or four years ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, I love them, Mike. I mean, if you want to comment on them, I, th- I think they really, really did a, a great job. So at this point in my life, like my whole wardrobe is blue and orange and like, that's all I have. <laughs> so like, it was nice and kind of refreshing to have the black and white jersey just so I can, like, mix it up every once in a while. Um, the one, the third jersey that they released this year was just kind of, like, safe. They didn't take any risk, and they have a little too much white on the shoulder, for my opinion. And I would love if somehow they incorporated that lighthouse logo that you were talking about from the fisherman Jersey. And they never do it. It's the coolest logo in the world. No one ever said that they hated that logo. It makes no sense that they don't use it, but they're a package deal. huh? Like the fisherman and the lighthouse kind of just get associated together. I've heard more people say that if they got rid of the fisherman and it had been just the lighthouse logo on the front, it it would have flown a little more with the fan base. You think they might ever give that a try? No, it's I too would like far to gone. see it. I would <laughs> like to see it. Um, Mate, not know, not until I've seen some mock-ups with it. There oh was yeah, you've mock-up. seen mock-ups. Yeah, there was one mock-up I saw. I, I I don't remember exactly who put it out, but it was an orange jersey, and it had the the, the lighthouse in it, and it was awesome. And it kind of had a little bit of the wave from that jersey. Um, I'll try yeah. to find it and send it to you. But I, I thought that was a really cool mock-up that I wouldn't have mind to see. They're going to go with the NY, that, that, the block NY with the stick 
for the rest of eternity. That's like that's the farthest they're gonna go to ever really touching anything outside of because they just don't want, especially with especially with who they have now running the team. Lamarillo, he ain't he yeah. ain't he he's not he he want nothing. He, he, if it was his if it was his team, it would just say New York Islanders and like fucking block font <laughs> times on a Rogan. practice blue jersey like. But you know, yeah, I mean, um, I we talked about this. Uh, like, there is so much hope because of the Kachina um Coyotes jerseys coming making a comeback, and the and, Mighty Ducks. And the eggplants from the ducks. Yeah, so there was like, everyone's like, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to bring back the fishermen. And uh, they didn't do it. But um, yeah, I mean, they really don't. That was a a dark mark on the the, uh, franchise for a while. So I think they just continue to steer away from it as often as possible. You know, that's one of the things that I think the NBA is really smart about is that they do multiple jersey designs in a season, and um, they really go hard in the in the uh, the like the throwback paint, if you will. You know, like they they really like to represent some of their old looks, but then they have a lot of really forward thinking new stuff too. Um, so, like, I don't know. To me, like, they're sort of. I think the NHL is just sort of getting hip to that, and the Parley jersey is sort of an extension of that, too. But um, I, I think it would just be smart of the NHL to kind of do that same thing. Just why, why limit it to three? I mean, if people are stoked on it, bust out another one. Throw out that fisherman. Yeah, for sure, I, dude. It's uh, I think this this the culture of sports has changed so much, um, and. Like the NBA, uh, having like changed so and and having so many options, and then also having a very forward-thinking fan base, like they're afforded that opportunity. I think the NHL is rooted in such, um, in such. Uh, I don't know the word. Old they, tradition. Or yeah, something? tradition. Yeah, they're just cemented in their in their old ways, right? So yeah, yeah. Like it's just not gonna happen. I mean, like even baseball, you know, in this country. Everybody wears pinstripes. Well, I never understood what the like the big deal the Yankees pinstripes were. Like, just about every team has a pinstripe jersey. Like, what's the big deal? So, like, then <laughs> they don't, you know, and they don't really, you know, have there aren't a lot of iterations of logos and jerseys in the baseball world. So, I and that's another sport that's struggling because of its like archaic ways. So, I agree with you. I think they should totally follow what the um what the NBA is doing. And I think they are, mo- um, I think they are, I think they're in that right direction, but I would love to see the Islanders just do something other than the NY. Um, it would be cool. So um, I think that's about that uh, for tonight, man. Um, we had a great time talking to you. Um, Mikey, you got anything? Hi, gents. Yeah. yeah thank you for I having just- me on. I, I do want to kind of uh, just touch on quickly uh, your relationship with the Envy on the Coast Boys because we had Brian on as our first guest. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, did you meet them when you were torn with TBS? Or, like, how did you end up developing a really close relationship with those guys? 
Yeah, the the very first lengthy tour we did um, near the I think it was like near the end of two thousand eight. NB it was just NB opening and us um, for about like three weeks, and uh, and like us being closer in age than me to pretty much anyone else in TBS. I immediately got along with them, and we we just were very aligned with uh, a lot of our music tastes and. Um, and how did you I, figure out that you guys are both like huge, like all all those guys are huge hockey fans? Like, did you figure it out on that tour? We must have talked about it pretty. Uh, yeah, actually, no, definitely because they had a, a friend of theirs uh, named Andy who was also a hockey fan, and they like they'd be watching as much as they could whenever they could. So I have very distinct memories of them coming up onto our bus because we had a satellite TV or whatever, and us just like watching hockey there and um and then eventually like me moving to new york and stuff i actually went out and would play roller hockey or ice hockey with those dudes too so um so that like we kind of connected on multiple levels really fast and um uh, yeah i've just always felt sort of uh, a kinship with those guys like like uh if i grew up on long island they would be my circle you know so i, I was lucky to meet them at a time with TBS where um, I, everything was so new and I'm like uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed and shit. And so like they, they were just kind of um, they felt a little bit more like where I just came from as a musician, like being in the band and stuff. So it felt like um, comforting to have guys my age around that were really dope musicians that also were into hockey and stuff. It was like, it was really good timing for me. Um, within the TBS context and stuff. And, and I have to throw some credit to Eddie. Eddie, again, is the reason that I'm not only that I was around, but he's the one that um, was really into t- to uh, Envy on the Coast and was the reason that we took them out on not only that tour, but eventually took them out on the, the New Again tour in 2009, too. So, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I always like, like to try to bring in the connection of like how, how – like, these touring bands from all over the different, like different parts of the country and how they end up, you know, a lot of them being hockey fans and how they can kind of bring that onto tour with them. That's kind of been like my vision of this podcast is yeah, yeah. The friendships that are kind of formed and like the tours that are formed because of this, you know, connection to hockey world as well. Yeah. And it's such a, like, it's such a small sort of community within the music world that, when you meet a hockey fan, you're just instantly buddies, you know? I would say the same with um, my friend Nick Gambarian from, from Bayside or my, uh, my friend Travis Riley uh, from This Is Hell. They're both dudes that we connected about. Uh, we connected over hockey, like, instantly. Um, and we never had really even toured together. We just sort of would see each other um, at the occasional festival and stuff, and we kind of just dwelled in similar circles, but... Hockey was sort of a the main connector there before I um, got to know them more as musicians and then become even better friends with them. So, uh, so yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool that hockey is is sort of a, a a connecting thread in the music community for for some some amount of us anyway. Yeah, it's cool that you mentioned Travis Riley because that's a guest we'd like to have on this podcast because he's also a big Islander fan. Yeah, yeah, huge hockey fan, really great dude. Um, have you guys made that connection yet? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Cause okay, good, good, good. Yeah, he he's uh he's very involved in hockey uh, Islanders Twitter, so we definitely <laughs> reached out to him already. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter, and I I always enjoy his hot takes. So that's <laughs> a, that's a great guest to have right there. For sure. Awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to tie that in because people are probably wondering how we pulled this interview off and somehow came back to the dudes in Envy on the Coast. So I wanted to hear the story about that relationship you guys have. Yeah, man, so much love for those dudes. It's it's kind of hard to believe that we've been friends now for a decade. That time has flown by so quickly. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to know them and lucky to still get to play some music with them on, on the uh, on the rare occasion. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we've had, uh, we've had, like we said, we've had Brian on from Envy. We had, um, we had Nick on from Bayside, um, and just want to know who we should have on next, man. We've obviously you were awesome. Like, who do you think? Who do you, who are you gonna co- coax into next for us? Oh man. Well, I mean, Travis would have been my next vote, but it sounds like you guys are already greasing the wheels there. Yeah, we don't need that help. Um. Oh, you know what? Actually, I, I have a, another really great guy in mind. His name is Dennis Pasley. He was the saxophone player for the RX Bandits tour that I did um, for, uh, for an album called In the Battle Begun. We did an anniversary tour just uh, two years ago, or I guess three years, back in late 2016. Uh, but Dennis is a badass sax player from, um, from Toronto, huge Maple Leafs fan, yep, yep, huge that, hockey he's fan. He's next. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's dope. He's 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 and he's an amazing, amazing musician. I will sing that dude's praises all day long. So I think um, he would be a really great guy to have on. All right, we'll we'll reach Absolutely. out to him because I just hope that uh, we'd love to talk some Toronto hockey. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's not gonna fall on Tavares Toronto Day, the new big time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we already know that we're past that, so scheduling conflicts won't really be an issue there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The national holiday is past. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. <laughs> all right, man. So again, uh glad to have you on. Thank you. You're the man. Uh keep it up. Real uh sorry. I'm lost my train of thought again because I started reading something while I was reading us off. But uh <laughs> I need to get better at this, guys. I'm sorry. I have the worst the <laughs> I can't pay attention for more than like five seconds it's it's really (laughs) it's really really bad so let's try this again (laughs) uh thanks for coming on man (laughs) thank you for talking hockey thank you for talking music and thank you for talking everything in between uh rare futures is awesome i'm gonna keep them on heavy heavy rotation keep you on there brother thank you for having me on and uh, guys no yeah, problem. I can't wait to see that uh, that Sharks design that Devin's going to whip up for you. Hold oh, to yeah, it. yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah, for sure. I'm about, I'm about to hit you up on Twitter and annoy the shit out of you. Ah, I love it, love it. It's going to happen. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, so have a great night. All right, thanks, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, you Absolutely. too. Thanks, man. All right, see ya.
And we're back. Michael. Dude. What think, man? Dude, I, I just love that conversation. Matt was super generous to come on the pod. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was cool to hear how this California kid became just a diehard hockey fan, you know, having his uncle from Rochester running ice rinks in California and kind of getting into the game at a very early age. And, you know, I want to put, I, I want to find this picture that my mom has, but when the Sharks like first announced that they were going to have an expansion team, they started selling their merchandise before they even played a single game. And I had a San Jose Sharks hat that I fell in love with as a little kid. Like I must've been in like kindergarten or first grade. And I actually took my soccer team picture wearing a San Jose Sharks hat. So, Makes sense. <laughs> That's a so like, yeah, it was just like the team growing up, like in the early nineties, the color scheme, like how do you not root for the Sharks? And, you know, you, you got to kind of pick a team from the West coast, you know, when, when the Islanders aren't in the playoffs and I'm always picking the Sharks. I think Dude. it'd be cool for them to to win a cup. Their fan base deserves it. I think they're on like a 26 year drought. Like they've never won the cup since they've became a team. Yeah, um, they've been like pretty close a couple times and and kind of fallen short. They're just one of those teams that like just for some reason can't never seem to seal the deal. But yeah, I mean, uh, um, everyone loves the Sharks. The like I you know I said it a million times. The colors, the logo, it was dope. Uh, my West Coast team growing up was uh, the Coyotes. Also, another sweet jersey. The Kachina jersey. Yeah, that's really the reason why they were in my West Coast team was because when I played NHL, uh, I that, that they were my favorite. Um, they were my favorite jersey and my favorite logo. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, the amount of times I almost said real futures instead of rare futures just because of how much real friends I've been listening to lately. I just kept stuttering over the name, and I feel like it – jackass so i'm sorry to matt uh but rare futures is um an awesome project he's doing um obviously um he was a a member of taking back sunday so that was really exciting to talk uh, about and with um him being an ex-member and also in the hockey he fit really well into the the podcast but we're all big fans of taking back sunday but um i actually became more enthralled with rare futures after we had um booked him um going with us so um check them out um really great uh just um i almost got a small feel of like angels and airwaves just like a feel i don't know so much about a sound but like um very I, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not so much as I don't know. I don't know. It was a vibe, I guess. I just picked up from them, but very like angels and airwaves esque. So, um, yeah. And we also um, spoke about Warp Tour and how obviously, I mean, such a big thing in his life. And and we 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 talked about the new Warp Tour and the lineup. I mean, Mikey, my God. Uh, I, the, what a what a move! I actually spectacular. I don't think you get this type of lineup. Obvious, you know, if it was a, a nationwide tour, you know, summer long tour like they normally do. So you got more opportunity to get the bigger names. But I mean, that that crowd. I, I kind of hope they. I kind of hope they do this moving forward. You know, the the whole 
Vans Warp Tour, like the whole summer tour, is just such a drain on these bands. And like, it's crazy. You know, sometimes the bands aren't even making as much money playing that tour as you would think, especially uh, would like think the smaller, so. especially the smaller bands who are still like touring the country in their vans and their vans are breaking down and whatnot. Like, it's it's a gruel, like it's a grueling tour. So to have just a few of these. You know, every single year, I think it's a good step moving forward. That way, you can just really have a killer lineup. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm with you there, and I, I mean, I'm you know, a, a little bit of me, um, still feels like Vans Warp Tour. I don't know. I, I get you make it more accessible, right? But like at the same time, there's less room for smaller bands, and which was kind of like I guess the point of it all but now with the internet phenomena going on and it's it's a lot easier to make a name for yourself without a label and without a without a tour so um I could kind of see where the struggle was coming in I just I don't know man I I mean even the they had the tv show that remember they were like behind the Vans Warped Tour or whatever and and like just seeing like the like everything that went on, it was so cool. I mean, it was just, I don't know. It was a staple of your summer when you were growing up. So it's, it's, it's crazy. It's weird. I mean, now that it's just a one, two day festival, like it's, it's got it. It's, it's a different feel. I don't know. It doesn't have that bite that it had. I think it's a cool location, at least for the East coast, you know, having it right in Atlantic city. That's kind of cool. Like, cause it's a two day festival. So like, well, it makes sense. You know, yeah, like having it kind of on the Atlantic City boardwalk. Like you could head to the beach after the tour, before it, like make a little mini vacation out of it, go to the casinos. Um, I think that's a good, a slam dunk, dunk location. And uh, well, it's just regionally, it makes sense too. Just because it's so close. I mean, like you're going to get the Jersey Philly crowd, Maryland, you know, you'll get, you know yeah, Virginia. Yeah. And then everybody up, you know, up to Boston. I mean, Boston to Boston to Atlantic City. It's Atlantic City is like two hours from me, and Boston's like four hours from me. I mean, it's six hours, but it's Atlantic City. You make a weekend out of it anyway. So, you know, it's you know, it's good. It's awesome. Um, it's such an important. Um, it was it was such an important part of my life. My my like musically. Um, I mean, I would, I, you know, probably have been to as many warp tour shows as I have just singular, like, you know, band tour shows, you know, obviously I haven't been to the last two years, but before that every year since I was 13. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and it, cool to and see it, it back. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see it back. Uh, I'm not going to drag this out any longer than it is. What have you been listening to lately, Michael? Dude, so I, I know a few episodes ago I mentioned how I ordered a bunch of CDs, and one of the CDs I ordered was this band Sleep On It, and I've been really digging them. They kind of have like a, a Go Radio feel to them, like that band Go Radio that was made with the guy from, uh, oh, man, what's that band? The Jamie All Over You. What was that band? Oh, uh... nope. Not no, uh, 
I actually just saw them too. Like Caitlin dragged me to go see them. But anyway, he was in that band and he formed Go Radio on his own. And um, I, I feel like Sleep on It kind of has that same feel to it. And uh, they're on tour with this acoustic band, uh, This Wildlife, who's also like a pretty pretty chill like acoustic rock band but they do some pretty sweet covers and um they did like this cool mashup actually this wildlife with real friends so like real friends covered one of this wildlife songs and then this wildlife covered one of real friends songs and i think the the real friends cover of that with this wildlife song is just like one of their best tracks and it's not even really their track this song looking back it's just a really solid song so uh, you know if you're looking for a tour to catch i think uh that this this wildlife and uh sleep on it tours definitely one to check out for sure for sure um yeah you were talking about them so i'm definitely gonna check them out uh i think it was yeah friday i um kind of had exhausted like the heavier more fast-paced stuff at the tailgates on Thursday. Um, kind of ran the gamut there. Got through some of your playlists. Um, had to jump around a little bit um, just to, you know, keep the mood in a certain direction. Um, but fr- so Friday was more intimate uh, a tailgate, and um, I got to play one of my friends friends band. So I'm gonna mention both of them, but um, the the bigger one the Right now is Oso Oso. Um, so oh, yeah, dude. They're killing it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those out there who are going to check them out, if you do, it's O-S-O space O-S-O. And um, they're really good. Uh, very brand new sounding. Um, super introspective. Um, just has a lot, ha- have a lot of really good lyrics, um, has re- like a really good vibe, very good, um, um, peppy, like melodic type beat with sound, a sadder sounding voice, kind of. I guess I don't know. It's very, you know, like, and that's a long yeah. Um, they sound like, um, probably had to pinpoint them, uh, Phoenix. Okay. 1901, you know Phoenix? Phoenix is a good band, too. You should check them out. They have a couple of good ones. They have one of their songs in a commercial that got good play. Um, but, I, you know, I'd really peg them harder for uh, brand new. Um, you know, not a very, like, bite to his voice. Like, like very that, you know, as if you pick it up. And he's uh, the singer of that band is very, very good friends with my that some of, one of my friends that I had gone to school with um, who is very, very – entrenched in the long island um scene you know music scene right now i actually reconnected with him back at the wonder year show that i went to in november at the paramount um does work with a lot of bands his band was supposed to open for the wonder years but um unfortunately couldn't also open for the wonder years that's kind of where i jumped on on them more i had been listening to them in the past but um mostly after that show, I, I found they had a good EP that they just dropped, and it it was super duper good. Um, but my one friend, friend, my one friend's band's name is Puppy Brother, which is a very very silly name. But they have an album on Spotify. Um, 
It's I guess it's not an album. It's five. Well, they have five, it's five tracks. Um, but it is an album at least to me. Um, and I mean every song is better than the last. Um, been listening to that since November too. Um, he dabbles in some like acoustic stuff on the side, but um, and posted online. That's how I knew what he was doing. But his stuff on Spotify, uh, Puppy Brother. If if you guys want, you can um, you can message me and I'll send send you the link. But they kill it. Um, two Long Island bands uh, that I have some sort of connection to. Not so much Oso, but Puppy Brother, my friend was in the graphic design class that I was in where I learned how to design and stuff. So he's awesome. He's a good kid. They play really, really good music, and you guys should check him out. Yeah, and Oso Oso's on tour at Knuckle Puck. That's a pretty huge tour. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, they just have a really, really good vibe. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's it's – very it fits in it's it's not as it's not as loud and 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 tough not a lot of bite um to it like real friends is a little harder than than him for sure but they just get you it's good good music yeah i'm gonna check them out more I, my, my my good friend tom has been telling me to check them out for the longest time and like i let his music recommendations just because like, it bothers him so like I'll come back to him like six months later. I'm like, yo, man, you ever hear this band Oso oh Oso? Oh and he's like, dude, I hate you so much. I told you to listen to them so long ago. So, <laughs> so he's been telling me. So it's about it's been about six months. So I'm gonna go check them out now and then be like, yo, Tom, you ever hear this band? And just drive him crazy. Yeah, I mean, I played it at the tailgate the other day and people were like feeling it. So I was like, oh, all right, man. I guess it's time. I guess it's time to uh, drop their name on the pod. So yeah, so Oso. Oh um oh so also they're awesome and maybe i'll end it with that one sounds like a plan all right man have a good week and i will continue to talk to you like we always do because friendships don't end when the pod ends all right peace be with you all right and also with you i love it yes i do i love it yes i do